Welcome to the Spotlight Series from the Do More Good Podcast. You're listening to the Do More Good Podcast. The Do More Good Podcast. Uh, welcome to Do More Good Podcast. Do More Good. Do Good, Do More. Do More Good Podcast. Do More Good Podcast. That's what you want me to say. Okay. You're listening to the Do More Good Podcast. The Spotlight Series celebrates the stars of the sector. We're taking 20 minutes to talk about whatever topic is on their mind. Head to domoregood.uk forward slash spotlight to find out more and book your own 15 minutes of fundraising fame. Here we are, James, back again, the Do More Good podcast. We're here for another Spotlight episode. How are you doing? I'm good, Kenneth. I'm good. Even better for seeing your lockdown haircut. Oh you've been God. you've been working on that, haven't you? Well, someone's been working on it. It's not me. Uh, you know, my wife took my beard trimmers that are probably 15, 20 years old. It wasn't a pleasant experience and it's not a, ve- a pleasurable viewing experience either. But, you know, well, it's looking I think it's looking sharp, my man. I think it's looking good. <laughs> could, uh, you could be out in the streets of East London with no problems with that haircut, I reckon. Oh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But otherwise, all good, thanks. Yeah, no, the yeah. sun's come out, hasn't it? Um, it's sunny over South London today, and we got the announcement about dates for um, opening up lockdown. Uh, suddenly, the mood has lifted. It certainly feels at work this week, everyone was a bit more positive around plans for the future, getting stuff in place. So, yeah, really good. How about you? And the, and the kids go back to school. Yes. There was an audible cheer on my street. as the You could, you could tell which houses had got the news at each point because of the cheer. Yeah. Yeah, as you say, I've definitely felt that kind of positivity around probably every conversation that I've had actually that this week is just a you know when you start off the conversation and as we as Brits like to do, you talk about the weather and suddenly it's a bit of sunshine outside and it's like you know it just gives everything a little bit of a warmer feeling. So that's been good. But yeah, I guess one thing to mention, James, I've discovered Clubhouse this week. You have uh, how many followers? You've had you've had what 12, 48 oh, hours on Clubhouse. Forty eight hours, probably seven. But, you know, start small, think big. Yeah, that's good. Well, it's three more than our podcast, so that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, Exactly. But it's really interesting. I think as a, I don't know if any of our listeners have had a play yet, but it's invite only at the moment. So if anyone out there, you know, needs an invite, ask James, you've taken mine. But yeah, like an audio platform, audio conversations around anything. And you know what? It really works. And I listened to a few this week and it was talking about social media and about Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever it is, is always the best representation of, of yourself. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of inauthentic in a way because everyone makes it all shiny, glossy, great, high quality images. But actually what I'm really liking about Clubhouse is it's just interesting conversations. You know, it's just people being real, asking questions. I've taken a lot from it. So, yeah, I look forward to exploring that. And actually, we're going to try it, aren't we? In the next few well, days. I was just about to say, in kind of classic do more good fashion we've got old captain cautious over here that's saying well i'm not sure let's have a think about it first let's get some content and and there's kenneth just all in let's just go let's just launch one in half an hour's time let's do it yeah but yeah i think we will i think we'll 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 host a room see who turns up yeah hopefully it's a bit different to my 16th birthday party with the uh number of people that turned up to that one it could be a bit more popular (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but look, it's it's Friday. We've got a really interesting conversation. Like we were just discussing before we pressed record, that's the brilliant thing I love about this podcast is that we've got to sit down with Sue 
brilliant people. We're going to hear some amazing, interesting stories about what they've been up to. So why don't we crack on, James? Yeah, brilliant. So there's a bit of an interesting story about how this episode came about. So we have been quite honest on our social media channels this past week about how we're looking to step things up at the Do More Good podcast. And we're, it feels like we're into phase two, that we have an established show, but how do we take that to the next level? So both of our subscribers will know that we're on, a, on the lookout for a, a passionate social media guru. And we're refreshing the site. We're looking at our purpose uh, and objectives. And as part of that, we had a chat to the super talented Claire Stewart at Janssen Harris. And that is our brand consultancy I'm referring to. We've got one. And among other brutal truths that she gave us about the site, etc. She said, you have to get the Blackett Lab family on. They are awesome. You know what we do, Kenneth? We deliver. So we have got those guys on within a week. So we are joined by John and Sophie, who are part of a, a wider collective, a, a social enterprise formed at the Blackett Laboratory, which is the physics department at Imperial College London. Woo-hoo. And much like Kenneth has got TikTok and Extra Strength Lager, this group have two loves, two big passions, and they are physics and positive representation in the black community. They are growing fast. And so we are delighted to welcome them to the show. It's Friday night. We have a can of Extra Strength Lager, obviously. <laughs> How are you guys? We are amazing. Thanks to have us on. Yeah. What an intro. What an intro. Yeah. There you go. It goes scribbled furiously between meetings this afternoon. Heavy in the game, heavy in the game. I like that. It sounds good. <laughs> we do try. Sophie, come to you first. Just do you want to just in- introduce yourself before we get into talking more about the Blackett Lab? Yep, yep. So um, I'm Sophie. I'm a PhD student at the moment at University College London, UCL. I'm studying uh, medical imaging and AI. So my research. It's taken me from physics into the kind of machine learning field, looking at how we can um, investigate dementia research and try to help improve classification outcomes in the clinic. Wow. So, so that's quite quite a nice change for me. I was I was going to say, John, follow that, but I think you probably can. I mean, oh, oh man, <laughs> we, we we've upped the level of intellect on the show this week quite considerably <laughs> from being Kenneth usually. Uh, yeah, so my name is John. I am an ex-assistant head teacher of physics and maths, and I'm now director of the Blackett Lab family. Um, I'm really, really privileged to take forward a, a really promising uh, and exciting project. I've been uh, involved in education and physics pretty much since school, all the way up. You know, I haven't, I haven't left it. Uh, so whether or not I'm in the classroom as a as a student or a teacher, I'm there or thereabouts. So, so my passions are very much about. Uh, the love of anything that really excites you and inspires you. And for me, that was that was the mathematical sciences. So for, to do something like the Blackett Lab family is awesome for me. Great nice. stuff. So, so jo- John, Sophie, I don't know who, who wants to take the first question, but, you know, tell, tell the listeners about the Blackett Lab family and, and what it stands for and what we're going to talk a little bit more about today. I, I'll give a bit of background. As you mentioned, that it, we started off at uh, the Blackett Laboratory at Imperial College London. I think we're going years back now, probably 15 years or so. We were just uh, a couple of black undergraduates in the physics department, and you can imagine that we're, let's say, one of a kind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Naturally, uh, a little physics joke here, we gravitate towards each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we, 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 we kind of hung out a lot, and there was a, a professor, shout out to Dr. Mark Richards, we call him the professor, who saw us and kind of took us under his wing. And ever since that, in a long story short, 
we've tried to be as sticky as possible. So we're realizing, look, let's try and come together and make sure that, you know, people that are like us and coming through the physics department feel like they belong. And that grew over the years to become a, a group of really solid friends. You know, we meet up and we, we, we'd hang out and, and crack jokes about, you know, the, the woes of being a physics uh, student uh, or postgrad. And then it kind of developed when we, we kind of sat back and realised, you know, that uh, as all friends, you know, groups of friends have, they have, we have something in common. But what we realised is that the commonality is, is very unique and it, and it made us a unique group of people and that we're black people with, with a specialism in something that is seen to be quite uh, unique. Uh, uh, so, so that kind of set us aside and we realised that, you know, what we want to do is not just take that for granted and we wanted to do that through the, the kind of mechanism of the Black Lab family in, in a way to kind of give back, essentially. And it grew from there, really. So it's, it's been quite a journey over the last nine months or so in thinking about what exactly we can accomplish together um, and understanding our place and our value as unique individuals. Do you know how many years it spans? I'm just trying to think as you were talking. And <laughs> another tidbit, it originally informally was called the Blackett Brothers, so it was me, my friend Adu, and uh, Dr. Mark Richards, as we said. I, I remember a conversation years ago. We were in, uh, I think it was Gourmet Burger Kitchen in South Kent. Oh, and nice. we were like, what should we call us? Come, we're, we're a little group. Come on, we're like a, you know, like a boy band. What do we put? The <laughs> Brothers, the Blackett Brothers. It works, it works for obvious reasons. You know, you can look at the, the word and see the ring to it. And then that just grew. And then I think one of our, our first um, lady uh, member was Yolanda. And she kind of joined the WhatsApp group. And then I realised, hold on a minute, we can't, we can't be exclusionary like, you know, Blackett Brothers. We need to call this the Blackett Lab family. And that's family. where we're from. And then more people just, you know, adding over the years. And we're kind of now the older ages <laughs> of the group, you know. And we got, we got our young ones coming through like Sophie and others. So it's really cool, really cool. The next generation coming through. That's it. That's it. Yeah, I think I'm Gen Z, I think. <laughs> so going right back to the start, and if you can possibly keep this to a, to a kind of GCSE or below level, what was it about physics? <laughs> Why physics? You know, and what made you fall in love with it? Okay, let me think. Yeah, so I think I was always a maths inclined kid. I quite liked maths when I was young. I thought it was fun doing, you know, mental maths in my head, challenges with my dad, family, Played a lot of games. I don't know if anyone remembers Brain Training, but that was my favourite game on Nintendo DS. And I played it. Yeah, I loved it. So just trying to beat my score. And I think I didn't realise at the time, but it was just making maths become kind of ingrained in like what I did from day to day. I suppose when I got to school, I just thought it was fascinating how like maths could explain stuff that was happening in real life, like stuff that I could see. I remember we had one science experiment where a teacher balanced a fork on the edge of a of a beaker. It was all to do with momentum and moment of inertia and, and balance and stuff. Keep and it GCSE. Looked... Keep it <laughs> <laughs> Slow down, slow, slow down, slow down. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I looked at that and I just thought, wow, that's so cool. And, and obviously there's a lot of stuff going on behind that. But for me, it was just kind of the realisation of physics and its manifestation in real life and around me um cars for example and mechanics so yeah um I quite enjoyed that and then I took it from there when I got to sixth form I thought to myself well I've got to make a choice I still to this day to be honest I'm somebody that dabbles in a lot of different areas I really liked art I liked history so I was torn I must admit I was torn I was thinking oh how am I going to pick one subject and I'm still indecisive it's one of my my big weaknesses 
I thought physics gives me the opportunity to do the most. You know, it's such a broad area. And I think that's something that doesn't get pushed enough earlier on in schools. But physics is everywhere. So I thought to myself, if I don't know what I want to do, that this subject surely just gives me the most opportunities to kind of choose mm-hmm. later down the line. Yeah. And, and that's what I did. Absolutely. Growing up, was there any kind of figures or inspiring individuals that, that you saw that, that you had seen had trodden that path before that you thought, you know, I'd like to follow? Was there any kind of heroes or mentors along that journey? Yes, interesting, because there probably should have been. That is the perfect answer. <laughs> <laughs> there should have been. But when I was growing up, there wasn't. I didn't, mm. I can't, I can't really honestly say when I was a child, there was this black scientist or any kind of person figurehead that I looked at and thought yeah that could be me I was simply going along doing what I loved playing games and it just kind of worked out that way what did help me make my my decision when it came to studying at university was Dr Maggie Pocock because she was somebody who studied physics gone on to do mechanical engineering had an amazing career and I suppose up until that point, even though I, I knew that I did want to study physics, for me, it was like that nail that it can be done. Actually having somebody who's gone through the process as an example was like confirmation for me that I could definitely do it, if that makes sense. It, it became less of a stab in the dark. I thought, well, mm. this person's done it and therefore I can do it too. That makes perfect sense. John, maybe if you, you could have gone down the boy band route there. It sounds like you've got a yearning to, to do that. Definitely think I could have done the lead singer kind of, you know. You could have done that, but you gave that up to, to become a role model to others going down the physics route and showing that that can be done as well. I mean, for me, it was, I suppose, just like Sophie, I think she she, she summarised it perfectly by saying there should have been. I was really lucky to have a, a, a mum who was very much about education and she understood the value of education and particularly mathematics again. So it started out with a love for this kind of logic and this beauty of something that seems to just be true. You know, I always was uh, in, in love with things that were objectively right. And I kind of steered away from the subjectives, you know, the Englishes and the, the art side. And I loved the logic of, of the mathematics and um I was really naughty in school. I was really, really bad. And one of my form tutors, he doesn't realise this. I can't even remember his name. It's awful. But I always give him the shout out because he was the one that really took us by surprise one day and just and just like told us something that we didn't expect him to come out with. And it was that spark. I always think that if you if you know that spark, you'll never forget it because that was kind of the, the turning point for me to be like, what on earth did this man just say? I can't believe it. Let me go and find out more. And that was about Einstein's theory of special relativity and the fact that all sorts of strange things happen in, in real physics, because the physics we learn in school, as I'm sure we all know, is, is unfortunately not always representative of, of what physics really is. It's, it's, it's amazing. So I went home and, you know, I opened up the um, Britannica, I think it was called in those days, the encyclopedia, cracked it open to... Sophie's art. going like, what, what is, what yeah. is that? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like the Encyclopedia Britannica and, and, and looked at and I was just reading for ages ages and ages and ages about this stuff and that made me realize there's this world I wasn't privy to the university and all these things started coming to to me that I never considered before so I was very lucky to have those things happen and I think it's important now that you have people like us who are able to make that more accessible to me in in future if that makes sense it does make sense and 
going on to the to the Blackett Lab family and and you know what you guys are part of now it's interesting to know a little bit more about that story. I mean, John, you know, you talked about being a, a WhatsApp group, a, a bunch yeah. of black guys that were, were doing this. And then, it, and then it's grown into more of a, a movement. You've established yourselves as a, as a group. You've established yourselves as with a mission. Mm. Can you talk about that kind of transition from, you know, an informal friend group into what you guys are today? I suppose it's useful to start with uh, the importance of that representation because it, it isn't actually just about someone who looks like me. It has to be said that that is that's definitely a kind of first layer of representation. But what made it stick was that not only did this person look like me, is that we were the same. I, I, I really did feel like he understood me and where I come from and my journey and, and, and vice versa. Um, and it was about the, just the way his trainers were laced up. Now, I'm, I'm sure hopefully listeners will understand mm. what I mean by it. But when, you know, London boys, we know back in those days, you you you, you have a certain look. And <laughs> I can just tell. It was a big thing. It really it, matters. You know, yeah. I can look at his trainers and be like, oh, OK. Like, yeah. he, I'm, I'm similar to him. And he's similar to me. <laughs> he looked at me. He was in the year above and was like, oh, OK. Straight away, where are you from? You know, it was like that. And, sh- and and I knew not just he looked like me, because there's plenty of, of black people, like all universities, you know, in pockets. But it doesn't necessarily mean that it, that things like this will start. So representation, I think, goes a lot deeper than just looking like someone. But I had a lot more in common with this person. He was like me. And uh, it, it, it really grew from there. And like you said, that transition between being a kind of group of friends to actually almost business partner like it's actually not it's, it's not been easy uh, I think yeah, Sophie yeah. would agree with me that it takes it takes a lot of perseverance to to get past the initial wave of enthusiasm when this is all brand new at the start at the top of the year when everything was kicking off and everyone was jumping on the diversity bandwagon to the kind of back end of, of 20 and 2021 when when we're moving into putting hands on board and, and making sure that things happen behind the scenes and, and projects get put in place and planned for and things it, it's quite a difficult transition to make so it's been it's been a balancing act to ensure that we we stay friends because that's what it started as but also we want to actually now really have impact and really have a tangible effect on, on what we're trying to do so uh, another interesting point before i hand over to, to sophie is uh one of the questions we've been asked uh, especially with claire as well at, at jh is if we would consider changing the name and do we think that uh, staying with the blackett lab family is appropriate when perhaps we have a, a wider vision about growing nationally and I was quite firm in thinking actually you know what I think it, we would lose we would lose something quite essential to what we started as and what we want to keep and I think that word family there has that essence in it. It was quite a big discussion for us I think when making that transition it was kind of trying to keep hold of the informality in a yeah. sense. A lot of the time, I mean, we met and we started before COVID. So we were meeting each other face to face, going out to eat, having jokes, like cracking banter. And that was the vibe. And then COVID happened and we formalised. But it was like, well, we don't want to lose all of that because that was it's kind of a big part of who we are and, and why we all enjoyed it so much as well. It was it was actually quite a um, therapeutic outlet for me. When I joined the Black Love family, I didn't join until maybe in my third year of university, but I enjoyed seeing everyone. It was like I could breathe. I, I genuinely had this feeling of I can breathe. I can be completely me. I can talk about like Caribbean food. I can talk about music. I can just like let go. We didn't want to lose that through formalising. 
especially as well I think it's mm. because we're expanding beyond our initial imperial group we're now inviting new people in and we want those new people to also not just see us as a formal Catch those same vibes yeah 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 they need to see informal, yeah yeah so you've evolved as a group of friends and you've taken on this extra side but kept that that core essence of who you are what is it that you're you're doing what is the activity that you're doing and encouraging other people to join you our core essence is to represent connection inspire so we're trying to tackle those three things in, in different ways and we kind of started off on social media and when we started off it was all about that representation so just getting visuals of black people doing physics whether that was through kind of videos, talking to each other, discussing topics like physics topics or um, our experiences, or just kind of sharing images and what inspired people to take up physics in the first place, stuff like that. To disrupt the market. Yeah, yeah, very much like, bam, here we are. <laughs> I think now we're thinking about ways that we can connect and inspire. So reaching out beyond our initial group, trying to attract more black physicists then also trying to inspire new black physicists through events and hopefully post-covid we can really get the ball rolling with kind of like school engagement as well john will be able to get his trainers out with the nice laces done up and uh he'll be rocking it again i still got it i still got it <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say like i mean it's really interesting to hear that it kind of started pre-covid you've obviously gone into covid you formalized around the edges how has it landed you know, there's one thing being a group, right, and, and, and having an objective is, OK, this is what we all agree as a group. And then you've got to take that group and you obviously had a conversation to say we have more potential here to have more impact. I'm kind of interested to know how have you seen that impact so far? Just the other day, Sophie and I had a meeting with one of our members, Dr. Luke Davis, and he gave us some feedback. But he was very touched at having something like the Blackett Lab family very very much to as Sophie described kind of just be himself because he's now I think in in uh, at Luxembourg and he obviously is using us as a means to still have that connection to, to not only the UK but people who are like him and have the same passions and we get feedback all the time mainly through our social media channels on, on Instagram and Twitter um, and we get all sorts of comments about you know from students still in school all the way up to the effect of things like, you know, we wish we had this when we were at uni and the impact it could have had and the direction I could have went in if, if something like this had existed. Um, and even just wider than that, because as, as Sophie touched on, uh, one of the, the pillars, as you, as you would call it, of the Black It Lab fam is to inspire. And a lot of people that who aren't necessarily black or uh, don't have a specialism in physics have been inspired by the things that we've been putting on because it's educating them to something that they perhaps didn't know about or, or, or haven't seen before. And that's always the power in, in showing people a, a new level of, as you said before, representation. So we have people who have like really engaged with one of the posts we made, for example, on what it means to be an ally of a black person and what, what anti-racism means in an academic setting. Um, mm. The work we're trying to do is to inspire everyone, not necessarily just ourselves, primarily ourselves and, and the future generation of, of black physicists, if you have it, but mainly is, is everybody to engage in a conversation and to widen the lens that we look through when we think about science and when we think about physics, you know, and it's to show everybody that there's a huge, huge range of people who are interested in a huge range of things. And it's, it's really been touching to get the feedback from from everyone you can imagine from big corporations and people like you guys you know inviting us on it's been amazing and um we can't wait to go onwards and upwards 
Yeah, lovely stuff. We obviously had a little look through your Instagram feeds and I think, Sophie, there's one, one really stood out. It was you that was talking about your PhD and what it might mean and where you might end up and what you would be involved in. But just really simply, I mean, I understood it, which is, I mean, that was, it was it was base level enough that I got it. So I thought that was really good because it just opens doors to people. It's, oh, that's what it means. That's what that's how I can apply that. That's what I could end up doing with my life. Mm-hmm. Just hopefully a bit like John, you were talking about how your teacher suddenly there was a click and you went home and absolutely yeah, yeah. looked looked things up and it sparked mm-hmm. something in you. It's that kind of really simple inspiration for people. Definitely. I mean, I didn't envisage this for myself as a kid. Definitely not. I never saw this as something I could do. I didn't really know much about even PhD process. I didn't know what a PhD was. <laughs> and and when I got to university, I was surrounded by people that did. They did know what it was. Some of their parents were PhD students or um, doctors or professors. And I thought to myself, well, there's no reason why they should know and I shouldn't know. And if I want to go down it, I need to find out more about this process. And I kind of fell into it and I'm glad I did, but it, it does kind of highlight the issue that we need to get this awareness out because you can't aspire for something that you don't know exists. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I mean, I'm lucky I've got Kenneth. So three years ago, he came to me, told me what the podcast was. Now we're doing that. He's just sent me a clubhouse invitation. I'm trying to keep up with him. It's tough, but he's guiding me through. I'll give you a haircut suit next as well. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, get a haircut. We could have a sea shanty together. We'll be away. <laughs> Sophie, maybe just coming back to you. Uh, what do you guys talk about in terms of where this can go? It sounds like you're in a relatively early stage. As you touched on at the at the start, you know, the last year has been a really truthful, you know, we've all had to hear a lot of truths around diversity and inclusion, which has been a real positive. You know, you'd like to think that society is on the move to changing. But what, what role do you kind of see the Blackett Lab family playing in that? And what are your hopes for, for where this goes over the next few years? Yeah, I think it's such, a, it's such an interesting time at the moment. I think a lot of people are trying to self-evaluate and assess how they view um, diversity and how they can kind of make positive change. So I think for us, we're nice because we're a hub of information, as it were. I mean, we've got a unique network of people that I think is useful to tap into because you can't replicate experience. I do genuinely believe that. And I think it's all about amplifying voices that aren't being heard. So I do I do hope for the future that as we grow, more people can hear our story, not just our story, but our members' stories and kind of like get that out there in the world so that people can actually understand what it's like to kind of go through the current process and then think about how that can be changed and why that needs to be changed. On the, on the back of that and just uh, add that we, we want to continue doing what we've been doing from the start really which is making us sticky thinking about ways that we can increase the number of black physicists all the way along the chain one of the interesting stats that we found out not too long ago was that in the UK there are zero black professors in physics and that was quite a surprising stat because there's plenty of black students uh, studying physics and math there's plenty of, of, of black potential there so what why is there this gap did a bit of digging and and, and that number is now happily one uh, dr tani mola liverpool is at uh, uh university of bristol but uh, I, I suppose our longer term objective is pretty much the heart of it is to increase the number of us because we very much want to be uh, an established body 
that is is almost an expert in in experience as 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 Sophie said and also representation and just to be part of that conversation mm. uh, we would love it if I'm not sure if you've heard of the National Society of Black Physicists uh, in in the United States they're a very similar body to to us and we took a lot of inspiration from their work and if we could have something like that over here uh, I think that's going to have huge impact, you know, just uh, not necessarily just again on, on, on black students, but I think just broadly in, in society, seeing something positive like this, there really is space now to start disrupting the kind of market as you were of academia. So, yeah, I think I think there's there's lots of potential for us to, to grow and become a network of, of people that have a unique experience and, and specialist knowledge and, and can add value to people that wouldn't necessarily think to go to certain pockets of society for that. Who do you want to hear from? If there are listeners out there that are, that are obviously finding this interesting and where should they go? What should they be doing to check, check you guys out? So we're on Instagram and Twitter at Black It Lab Fam. So you can find us there. And we've also got a website, www.theblackitlabfamily.com. And I think, you know, it's, it's anybody who's kind of interested in hearing the experience of Black physicists, really. With How many people members do we have now? I think it's about 42. We just had a t- couple of members added today. It's in the 40s and we're, we're yeah. steadily heading towards 50. And this is, as Sophie mentioned earlier, this is this is really amazing for us because these members are all over the UK. You know, we've got mm-hmm. people in Wales, in Scotland. Okay. It's just amazing to connect with physicists all over. Um, so, yeah, we're up in mid 40s now. Yeah. So it's quite nice because we've got that spread. We've got a range of ages as well. We've got current students some you know we've got professors like Mark and, and Tani Mola so we're really growing and I think that that spread makes us quite a unique bunch I think so that can be yeah. useful for a variety of different things increasing the number of us it's just really inclusive it's nice and warm and family like yeah. you say it's, yeah. That's it. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I think you guys are going to, as you've, as you've talked about all along, you're about inspiring everyone about this great subject area that maybe doesn't get the best press when it comes to yeah, yeah, what yeah. do you want to be when you grow up. For hearing you talk about your your PhD and, and how that is, like, I'd love you to sit down with my 11 and 9-year-old daughters and tell them about your journey, because, you know, we want more people like you sharing your experience and people not like you as well. We want everybody sharing those experiences because I think it's it ultimately will, will, will help us all. So, yeah, I'm sure if we were speaking to you guys in another year, that 42 oh. members is going to be 4,000 members. Like, this has the potential to go. Imagine the number of naughty kids there are at school that just need that spark of inspiration. Okay? <laughs> One right here, yeah. <laughs> for sure, for sure, yeah. Well, thank you very much for your time, guys. It's been it's been really great to chat to you. We'll um, we'll include links to to all of your social media channels, your websites, and all sorts all over everything that we share. But it's been great to chat. Yeah. Any final thoughts? Anything you wanted to leave the audience with? Um. Yeah. Definitely. Um. Check us out, and I definitely need to shout out Claire for for bigging us up because they've been great as well. We've been working with them. Don't be too nice to her because I'm I already owe her a couple of drinks when we finally get out. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean. That would be nice. We maybe we could do a group thing. Who knows? Great stuff. See what happens. Yeah, John, I suppose I'd say thank you for having us on again. It's been really awesome, and uh, we spoke a bit before we we went live about the importance of platform, and I think it's so important to get a message out there of, of, of a positive one yeah. and also to encourage these conversations to, to keep happening. You know, it's so it's important so of allyship to have um, people like yourselves who are willing to engage with with groups like us 
have the the nice conversations as well as the more tough ones as well and i think that is really going to drive us forward as a society it's really refreshing to see the work that you're doing and and thank you again you're very welcome good stuff. no worries yeah been great great to meet you both should we wrap it up there then james lovely stuff i'm off to do a sort of shoelaces out on my kicker's shoes <laughs> <laughs> that's good take care guys Thanks. Thanks. bye-bye bye Thanks for tuning in to the Spotlight series from the Do More Good podcast. You can find our main episodes at domoregood.uk and we're on Twitter and Instagram at domoregoodpod. If you fancy featuring on Spotlight, then head to domoregood.uk forward slash spotlight and get in touch. We'll speak to you soon.